that ten sons together gave out, they decided that taking turns was not worth the trouble. Why not let all ten shine at the same time? They were so pleased with their brilliance that they felt sure that the humans on earth would be pleased too. But no, it was not so. Down below on earth, the ground grew parched and cracked, Rivers and rice paddies dried up, crops withered, flowers wilted, even the rocks seemed about to melt. With no water to drink and no food to eat, the people too were melting in the searing heat. And there was another problem, a very big problem. Huge and horrible monsters who had lived in the loneliest forests and at the bottom of the deepest lakes started crawling out towards the people's villages. Finally, their ruler, the wise Emperor Yao, appealed to the sun god for help. Roused from a deep sleep, the sun god was grumpy, but he agreed to do what he could to tame his naughty brood. He called for the heaven's magical archer, whose name was Yi, to come and help. Yi, he boomed, my children are quite out of control. You must teach them a lesson. Take this red bow and this quiver of white arrows. With these you may bring them to their senses, but ye take care not to hurt them more than is absolutely necessary. The archer ye was as swift as the wind, and his body was as straight and slim as an arrow. I am ready to obey you, my lord, he declared. I promise to use all my powers to bring happiness back to the people on earth. So Yi flew off with the speed of a hunting falcon, and in an instant landed outside the emperor's palace. Here he saw how terrible the great heat of the ten suns was, and pausing only for an instant to place ten arrows in his quiver, flew off to a high mountain to lie in wait for the suns. The ten sons were very close by. Perhaps they will be frightened when they see my magic bow and arrow, said Yi to himself, and realize how foolish they are being. But the sons were so pleased with their power and brilliance, they just laughed at Yi and went on with their silly games. Oh well, now I have no choice. Yi squinted in the blinding sunlight and took aim. The arrow hit the first sun right in the center, and it fell to the ground in a giant ball of fire. Suddenly, the air grew a little cooler, and the Emperor Yao and his courtiers and hundreds of villagers rushed to the spot where Yi stood. There on the ground, in the middle of a charred crater, was a croaking black crow. Hooray! Well aimed, Yi! Thank you, my friends, but please... Stand well back. And he took another arrow from the quiver and aimed it into the sky. Again, a giant fireball fell to earth and again, in an instant, turned into another noisy crow. Still, the cheeky sons refused to be good. So Yi shot another arrow and another and another. And one by one, as many arrows hit their mark, the fiery heat grew less and less until the villagers were all breathing easily again and were clapping each other on the back with joy and relief. But the Emperor Yao, 
who was a very wise man, realized that if Yi went on and on, there would be no sons left, and no sons at all would be worse than ten. Quickly he counted the crows flapping around Yi's feet, six, and the arrows left in the quiver, four, and slipped one arrow out of Yi's quiver. Yi was too busy to notice and went on firing arrows until he had no more left. Now just one sun, quite pale and weak after the dazzling brightness of the ten, hung in the sky, and the nine crows flew up still bickering towards it. But the celebrations and cheering and laughter were interrupted by a terrible sound, like a mighty rushing of wind. For although the archer Yi had saved the people from the terrible heat of the ten suns,